Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Julian DeStoop filling in for Kane Corns. Just listening to some of the ads there. Of course, Black Friday today. Could you think of anything worse on a beautiful summer's day than going to the shops today? That they will be absolutely packed. Christmas less than a month away. Uh, all the big sales, but uh, I think I'd rather be spending it at home uh, watching the cricket, which I'm sure a lot of audi- our audience would. Now, one man I'm sure will be keeping an eye on the cricket today, and he's been all over just what's going to happen with the Australian Open in terms of when it is going to start is our very own Brett Phillips, who joins us on the line. Brett, thanks for your time. Yeah, Jules, good morning. Good to speak to you. Before we get stuck into the Australian Open, we've been talking about uh, sporting comebacks today, ones that have worked at ones that haven't on the back of Mike Tyson returning to the ring. Tennis has been a great sport uh, for comebacks. We've mentioned a couple that have uh, worked. Uh, Kim Clijsters, one that hasn't worked, uh, Beyond Borg. What are a couple of memories you got in terms of uh, tennis players that have come out of retirement for good or for bad? Yeah, uh, yeah great, great question. Uh, um Oh, look, and then, and then lead it with it. It's a pl- pretty uh, loose word, uh, retirement, I've got to say, in, in, in tennis. And there's a lot of players who have got, you know, two careers. Like one that just springs to mind off the top of my head is, you know, Martina Hingis, uh, Jules. I mean, she was a teen sensation and did all these unbelievable things uh, before the age of 20, you know, winning majors. And then, you know, she uh, walked away from the sport and then, you know, came back. Uh, what her, uh, her early 30s, um, you know, obviously predominantly on the doubles court, but had amazing success. I think she won about, you know, 10 WTA titles. She won majors. There's just one in tennis I can dig off the top of my head. Uh, it's probably someone who should never have probably retired in the first place, uh, but came back and showed us um, why she was such a such a champion. Did I read the other day that Marcelo Rios is coming back? Yeah, there's a little uh, little, uh, little story floating around then. Um yeah, he uh, he wasn't the most popular player when he played. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Chilean, the lefty, um, he yeah rose uh, unbelievably through the sport um, unexpectedly. But yeah, it's look. You know, I think they're encouraged now a lot of these tennis players because of the fact that so many are playing uh, deeper into their thirties. And and look, we see our very own John Millman. I mean, he might be ready to peak uh, and, and get into that top twenty or you know top thirty at least. And he's thirty-one, playing his best tennis right now. So I think a few are encouraged to maybe come back and still play. And and the Bucks are, are pretty good if you can um, if you can be pretty competitive. Absolutely, uh, Brett. You've done a wonderful job uh, covering all the latest developments uh, with the Australian Open. As we mentioned off the top of the show today, it's it's a good feeling around Melbourne. Twenty-eight days now uh, without a COVID case. What's the latest been in the last uh, 24 hours? Has there been any movement in terms of a, a potential starting date for the tournament? Yeah, well, just some information I've got, Jules, that's been sent by the ATP to the playing group. And I imagine the WTA would be doing you know, something uh, very similar to the uh, the women's playing group. But what they've been told, the players, the 14-day quarantine period with the ability to practice, and I certainly mentioned that a couple of days ago on SCN that uh, I believe that window is January 7 to 21, and they've been advised here 
um, with the ability to practice likely to start on the 8th of January. So players would be advised to travel in the days leading up. But they're being told strictly at the moment, do not book any travel until all this is uh, totally ratified. There's going to be obviously strict um, limitations on the number of people they can bring in. And we're still looking at either that one or two week um, uh, delay. So either the 25th of January or the 1st of Feb. So obviously at the moment, and you can imagine how deep these talks are, they're they're looking at obviously the COVID-19 protocols, the close contact procedures, player support teams and how many... Um, how many will be allowed to be brought by each player and they're hoping by the start of December which is Tuesday that the full ATP calendar for the first quarter of 2021 because there's going to be movement with lots of tournaments not just the Australian Open just considering how um, how the pandemic is still you know, prevalent, particularly in Europe and the United States. So they'll hopefully release that first quarter of the calendar uh, by the start of December. So we're getting close to Jules, but you know, that's the latest info I have of what the players, how they've been kept up to date. Yeah, 13,000 cases in Sweden in just the last three days. So as you could say, worldwide sport like tennis, there's going to be a lot of shuffling of schedules. Uh, next, you just give us an idea of, I mean, we're, obviously we're focusing on, on the players and the protocols for them and obviously their support support teams, but a Grand Slam tournament is such a big operation in terms of media and all the volunteers and the ball boys and the linesmen and all the people that work at Melbourne Park to get this tournament up and going and as great as it is. So just can you give us sort of a snapshot of how difficult logistically this must be to work out when you take in all the people that are involved in a Grand Slam tournament? Yeah, it's massive. I, I suppose for anyone that's in the event planning business who organises a one-day event or a week event or a two-week event, I mean, often this is, you know, a year in the planning. Um, you know, particularly for an Australian Open over two weeks, it's uh, it's something they work on basically from the the last date of the previous Australian Open to the, the start of the next one. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of planning and considering how big the site has become at Melbourne Park and how many people are involved in you know, just uh, operationally running the tournament, it's huge. And suddenly, you know, you shift that by a couple of weeks. And obviously, there's been a lot of commentary this week around, well, gee, the kids will be back, you know, to school and, and people will be back uh, from summer holidays, back to work, and all the people who, like, you know, a lot of drivers, a lot of the courtesy drivers driving those magnificent Kia cars, Jules. I mean, they're, a lot of them are school teachers yeah. who are, you know, uh, back in their normal sort of day-to-day jobs. So Tennis Australia will find a way to get around all that. Um, so that's how big it is. Just the moving of dates not only affects the rest of the tennis calendar, but obviously it's in that perfect time slot here in Melbourne for not only um, uh, the spectators, but also you know all the people that are part of the tournament, uh, many of them, many of them volunteers. Yeah, we've seen quite a few of the players commenting on just you know how they think it'll play out at the Australian Open and, and you know how it'll work for them. If, if the scenario that you painted before in terms of they'll get a couple of weeks to, you know, they're in quarantine but they can practice and the tournament's only delayed by a week or two, do you think most will be comfortable with that situation? As long as they can practice, that's been the sticking point. That's My understanding is that, that was the non-negotiable from the ATP. So everyone's obviously weighing in with what they want. The government's been pretty strong about how they, they want it to run. Tennis Australia's got their plan. Then they've got to consult with the tours. Uh, who are, you know, on the ATP's case, I mean, the ATP is is part governed by the players and the tournaments. It's a really interesting governing structure. So the players have a very strong voice at the negotiating table and there's no way they're going to cop. Uh, and people can say they're princesses and, you know, whatever the, whatever the what adjective you want to use, but uh, there's no way they're going to cop sitting in a hotel room and not being able to practice for two weeks. So that 
has been the part that's dragged this out, trying to find the middle ground of how that's all going to work. Um, can they cop not having a lead-up tournament? Probably. They'd like one. Uh, but, you know, if, if they can at least practice and get some uh, practice sets, match simulation in uh, and feel ready physically, then clearly they can hit the ground running and play a grand slam. So that, that's been the key sticking point. And my understanding is that in principle has been agreed to. I mean, at times tennis players can be criticised for being a bit too precious. But for me, like, I'm interested to see how you feel about this. Clearly it's it's unreasonable to expect players to come out here, sit in a hotel room for two weeks and not practice and then go out and play a Grand Slam tournament where they could be playing on court for hours and hours and hours. Is that is that sort of the general feel yep. or do you think some people will go, well, hang on, you're still playing, just it's tough conditions, but but get over it? Well, at the end of the day, look, um, you know, they're, they're athletes who need to prepare for a really gruelling tournament. So, look, there's probably... Yeah, you know, there's no doubt, Jules. Those at the the more top end of the sport probably are pampered a little too much, but there is a lot of players who are just struggling to meet, um, you know, struggling to make ends meet basically. And this is the other key point that hasn't been signed off is the Australian Open qualifying tournament. Uh, that is a still TBC at the moment because it obviously brings in another 256 players plus mm. entourages. But the qualifying is so important here because these players have been starved of earning opportunities uh, last year and to get into qualies, to make it to the first round, I mean, you're getting $60,000 in your pocket. So for a lot of these players who are battling away, it's a chance to just put some money in their pocket at the start of the year and and pay their way uh, on the road. So I know that's a sticking point. So if the qualies does get ticked off, that's when I think we definitely have a Feb 1 uh, start. So you allow that 10 days from the end of quarantine, for a lead-up event of some sort for players, plus the qualifying event uh, to take place. So, yeah, a lot of these players, you know, they're battling away. They just yeah. want to, um, they just want to come and earn, and they might, they might be a little less precious. They probably, some of them, Jules, probably would sit in a hotel room for two weeks if they knew they were coming to a place that was pretty safe and they can, um, they can earn some income. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, yeah, we focus on the big names at the top of the sport, but you're right. There is some that are the battling away that desperately need to get out there and play and start earning some money. Uh, Brett, thanks for your time. You've been all over this story and uh, we'll look forward to your latest update uh, very shortly. Yeah, thanks, Jules. Have a good show. And, of course, you can hear Brett Phillips on the first serve thanks to GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialist, celebrating 25 years. Find out more at GLG Corp. Com. Uh, after the break, we'll take more of your calls on great sporting comebacks or villains that have turned you around. one 736 736 A reminder, the best caller of the day. 18 holes of golf for two, thanks to Club Mandalay, a must-play course in Melbourne's north. You're listening to the Captain's Run. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.